So, John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be, you, be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Leaving is always difficult, isn't it? Leaving is a painful time of life, whether it comes because of the death of a loved one or whether it's sending a child off to school or college or whether you're a child and you're going off to school or whether it comes from leaving a job or leaving home. All these leaving events bring a certain amount of uncertainty. They bring a certain amount of vulnerability and pain and grief into our lives. And in a way, the last few months have seen much leaving. The fact that we're not really been physically meeting for months is a kind of leaving, isn't it? Leaving the people we love, leaving the people we like to fellowship with, the people who we care about and treasure. We need comfort. We need peace, don't we? Leaving, wherever it occurs, brings pain. Let's just recall for a moment where we are in um, John's Gospel. We're in the upper room. Jesus is with his disciples. It's the night before the crucifixion. Jesus was about to leave. The disciples were going to be separated from their closest friend for the last three years. And at that moment, what does Jesus promise them? He promises them the Holy Spirit. Why? Why Why uh, talk about the Holy Spirit now? Pentecost is um, some 50 days or more away. But Jesus, you see, knew that they needed comfort. He knew what they needed for their, their hurting and troubled hearts. 
And so we're going to spend um, a few weeks looking at the Holy Spirit. And today we're thinking about who he is. And uh, we're going to look at four aspects. There's lots of aspects, but particularly today we're going to look at four aspects of the promised Holy Spirit. And number one, his personal presence. His personal presence. So as I was saying, Jesus is leaving, but notice that Jesus promised his disciples that they would not be alone, that he would not leave them. He promised, actually, to make his presence known through the Spirit. Verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. You see, Jesus had actually been their advocate, um, but now he promises them another advocate, the, the Spirit sent from the Father. Not an it or a, a thing or a force, but a he. Did you notice that? A person, a personal presence, the third person of the Trinity. Verse 17 is really clear on this. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. This is not just a, a companion, but this is the indwelling presence, personal presence of God. So if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, the Spirit indwells you. You just need to pause for a moment to hear that and just sense how remarkable that thought is. The Spirit, he's taken up residence in your heart, the very personal presence of God. One of the ways um, to perhaps illustrate this is to think about the difference between being a guest and being a resident. I remember when um, my parents would occasionally have guests to set to stay at the, the farm. And I remember one time the farm accountant came to stay and, uh, as our guest. And, well, you wouldn't believe the amount of cleanup that went on for about three or four days beforehand. You know, everything had to be just right. We had to get the right food. We had to have the right wine. We had to impress this man. And my, my parents even gave up their bedroom. And I thought this was absolutely unbelievable at about the age of 14, 15, that they would go to this extent to do this. But he was our guest, and it seemed to me um, like the accountant wasn't really going to get to know who we were really, what we were really like. You know, they weren't really going to get to see the Scracefield family in action with, with you know, the, the the, wet, the smelly wellies by the, the back door and the, the heap of washing around the house and the constant smell of sheep within the, the home uh, and you know the regular diet that we would have of mince and potatoes. That's what I remember. And, you know, they weren't really going to get to see um, because we viewed this person as an, a guest. To get a real view... You'd have to become a resident, wouldn't you? To get close, up and personal. To see what we were really like. You know, all the warts and all. And Jesus is promising here that, that um, the would-be believer, 
he's promising his own personal presence by his spirit to be up close and personal, to see it all, to see the mess and the struggles, your, your hopes and your dreams, when you're on a bad day and when you're on a good day, when things are uncomfortable, when things are difficult, to be your comfort, to be your advocate, to be your counsellor. Now all this was made possible by what Jesus was about to do on the cross. The promise of the Spirit is based on the redemptive work of the cross and the resurrection. And that's why Jesus um, not only speaks here about the Spirit, he's speaking about the promise of his own presence. So verse 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus speaking, I will come to you. And of course, he's talking about his resurrection. I will come to you, verse 19, because I live, you will live. The, the point being is we must see the promised Holy Spirit as connected to the redemptive work of Jesus through his death and resurrection to save sinners like you and me. Christ is physically at the right hand of God the Father, but he's with us by his Spirit. His personal presence is indwelling in us. It's remarkable. You just want to think and dwell on that for, for some time. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. The Spirit teaches us truth. Verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. John refers to the spirit of truth several times in the upper room uh, conversation. The spirit reveals truth to us. He, he ministers instructions to us. The spirit is our teacher, not just um, any old truth, but it's the truth of the gospel, the good news. In chapter 17, Jesus prays. He prays, satisfy them by the truth. Your word is truth. This is really important connection for us to make between the spirit of truth and the word of truth. And it reminds us that spirit always works in tandem with the word of God. So we can never say, well, I feel the Holy Spirit is, is leading me into this or that or is saying this and that. If, it contra- if it's contrary to the word of God, then it's, then it's not truth. And the spirit especially helps us to understand the truth about Jesus. You see that in verse 26, if you have a look at it. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and, rem- and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Spirit wants us to see and understand the truth of Jesus. The Spirit, if you like, is not self-absorbed in any, any way, but rather wants to focus our attention on Jesus. Uh, to, to illustrate it like this, you, you've seen those kind of big floodlights that you get. Imagine a floodlight, um, floodlight uh, floodlighting a, a, a magnificent building in the dark. It throws light onto it to, so you can see it in its, all its magnificence. But if you, if you try to look round for the floodlight itself, you, you can't actually see it in the dark, can you? You can't actually see where the light is coming from. You see, the job of the floodlight 
is not to call attention on itself. The job of the floodlight is to throw into radiance the beauty and the splendor and the majesty of who Jesus is. That's the Holy Spirit. The role of the Spirit isn't to say, look at me, look at me, get my joy, get who I am. No, the role of the Holy Spirit is to say, look at Jesus. Look how wonderful he is. Look at his beauty. Look at what he's done for you through his death and his resurrection. Look at him standing there for you. The first advocate, the one who is the great high priest, the one who is dying for you. The Spirit floods light on the truth of Jesus. He's, he's our teacher. Um, thirdly, the Holy Spirit, he's, he's an encourager. Verse 16 again, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. The Spirit as advocate, that word, parakletos in, in, in the old, in the Greek, is translators of spent many centuries um, trying to translate that word. And it's, it's sometimes, in your Bibles as you're reading, it might be as helper, it might be as counsellor, it might be as comforter, and uh, advocate as it is here. Now, sometimes in, in, to our ear, as we listen to those words, sometimes we can get the wrong idea about what the Holy Spirit is like, or, or it sounds a little bit... Um, not quite right. So comforter could sometimes sound a bit like a cosy quilt, can't it? Or if a counsellor can sound like you're having therapy, um, you know, the, a helper sounds a bit like sometimes to us a bit like inferior, or an advocate sounds more like something like a sharp lawyer type. But the Greek word, the original literal meaning is to call alongside to call alongside. And the thing, actually, what we see is aspects of all those English words that we have to convey different aspects of who the Spirit is and what he does. And I think the sense here in chapter 14 is more, actually, of the comforter and the helper. Uh, if, you, if we realize that Jesus um, knows the hearts of the disciples that they're troubled because he's about to leave them. And so he draws alongside to strengthen them for what lies ahead. He wants to be there, encourage her. As I was thinking about um, this as a spirit being encouraged, I was reminded of um, last year when I did the London Marathon. I'd gone out too fast because... Uh, lots of people I knew were on the first part in Greenwich and I wanted to, you know, look all good and like I was going really fast. Went out too fast, got to about 19 miles and just um, hit me. Uh, I thought I was going to, to, to at least walk, if not stop. I was greatly put off at that point as well, <laughs> where you start to see people who are being sick and people who are getting medical attention. It's not a great moment in the marathon. And you think, what am I doing? This is, this is horrible. This was a really bad idea. So I slowed, um, and you sort of finish up doing a sort of uh, a hunched-over shuffle as you're, as you're going. And... Um, at that point, I heard behind me um, a voice shouting, um, saying, come up, come on, keep going. 
You're, you're doing really well, not far now, don't look back. And I, and I looked around and I saw it was the four and a half hour pacer. So they have these pacer runners whose job is so that you finish at that, that particular time, four hours 30. And uh, this particular one was sometimes running backwards to kind of cheer you on and say you can do it. And so I ran along, right? I ran alongside the pacer and I finished in four hours 30. (laughs) There he was alongside me, um, coaxing me, encouraging me, helping me, strengthening me, inspiring me right to the end. And Jesus says, I'm going to send you another helper, someone who's going to come alongside you every step of the way and see you right through to the end to strengthen you through the good and the bad, through the pain and through the joy, through the pandemic, whatever it might be, the isolation and the illness and the mental health and everything. Think of what the disciples were in need of here. Jesus was leaving They didn't need so much at that particular point, the the legal advocates. We'll hear more about that in chapter 60. But someone who would strengthen them, someone who would counsel them and comfort them and encourage them. And I suspect, I know that there will be many of you here who are in need of that kind of help, in that kind of encouragement right now. Six months on, aren't we? I'm sure there will be things troubling you today, whatever it might be, a threat of unemployment, the threat of illness, of mental health, a second spike, a second wave, whatever it might be. And Jesus tells us there is a comforter, a helper, an encourager who draws alongside us and stays with us right to the end. He's the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, finally, The Holy Spirit gives us the power to change. Jesus promised that the Spirit would help us live lives that are pleasing to God. And notice the section is woven in with lots of phrases like verse 15. If if you love me, keep my commandments. And verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. But where does the power come to obey Jesus' teaching? To love God and to love our neighbour. We've just been hearing, haven't we, the first part of the service where we talked about how we fall short of God's standard. We fail miserably, don't we? But the power comes and only comes through the Holy Spirit working within us to change us. When the Spirit of God came at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, go and read about it. What happened? The, The lives of the disciples were transformed, weren't they? The lives of the people that were were spoken to about the good news of Jesus, they had repentant hearts and they had faith and their lives were turned around. This is the power of the Spirit in them. You see, that's the power of the Spirit. And he can do the same for you and he can do the same for me. Man or woman, boy or girl, the Holy Spirit is in the business of change. He can bring the power to change. And Jesus promises his spirit so that more and more hearts can be freed from sin, from selfishness, from hate, from envy, from lust, to boldly love God and to love 
our neighbour. And if you're in need of that kind of transforming power this morning, then praise God. He's promised us the Spirit. And ask for a great work of the Spirit in you, to change you. Leaving is painful, isn't it? Leaving is, is difficult. The disciples are hurting as Jesus is going away. And what does, he, what does he want for them more than anything? Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives you. Peace. He wants us to be at peace with God and peace with us with each other. This peace is not some worldly peace. It's not the peace that the UN talks about. It's not the peace that comes from the world. This is the peace that is transforming. This is the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. This is the kind of peace that Jesus came to bring and only Jesus can bring. And he came to bring it through his spirit. So I wonder if you've ever ever made a, a will. Have you made a will I wonder what you would consider to be the most precious items that you would leave a loved one. What would be the what would be on the list to leave to so and so and so and so? Would it be money or jewellery or I don't know, property or, or an antique or something? Well just as Christ was about to leave the world, he left his will. He left us something infinitely better than those things. He left us his peace. Are you at peace with God today? Are you at peace with him? Do you have the peace that comes by the Spirit through faith in Christ Jesus, the one who has died for us, died for our sins, who gives you hope of eternal life, the joy of belonging to him, of being a son and daughter of the living God. Do you have that kind of peace? Or do you have the kind of peace that comes in the middle of a loss, in the middle of a crisis, when Jesus comes to us through his personal presence, his indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, who comes to teach us the truth, who comes to be your encourager, to to go alongside you, to give you the power to change. This morning, if you've not trusted in Jesus, if you've not trusted Jesus, I would just say to you, turn to Jesus now. Turn to him today. Receive forgiveness of sins and his personal presence by his Holy Spirit. If you've trusted in Jesus already and you're a disciple of Jesus, let's give thanks. Let's give thanks. We have this remarkable, we have this Holy Spirit, we have him dwelling in our lives to give us peace. We have peace. Father God, we we thank you for your words. Father, we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that because of the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross and the resurrection, When we trust in him, you leave us the Holy Spirit. You've given us another advocate, a comforter, an encourager, the one who teaches us, the one who brings us peace. We thank you for him. And we pray 
that he would indwell us, that he would change us and make us into the people that you've called us to be. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.